0: Or listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons Podcast. You can visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org.
1: Welcome, friends. We are, ah, there you go. We are glad you are here. And uh, I know some of us are on Zoom. Joe, is there a way to, can you show the Zoom folks so we can wave at them? Or I don't know if anyone's out there, but. Oh, there they are. Oh, that's me. Hi, me. Okay. Anyway, the, the Zoom people are here. Hello, Zoom people. Um, we are glad you're here. People are waving. Everyone wave at the Zoom people real quick. There you go. See, we're all waving. See, we're really glad to see you. Yeah. So we're one church in two locations. We're here and we're on Zoom. So, and we have a little patio out here if anyone ever wants to have the outdoor seating option. So it's really lovely. Uh, hi, Wendy. So hi, Ivan. Good to see you guys. Um, so I'm Bill White. I am one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach, where we are a radically welcoming community. On the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. That's what we're all about, and it's really glad to be, it's just good to be together. It's good to have some time together. So, um, one of the things we love to do around City Church is we love to bless our kiddos, because we think kids are awesome. So, there may be a kid near you, you can snuggle up with them, or reach out a hand, or just think about some kids you know, and we're going to pray for our kids. God, thanks so much for kids, they're awesome. Bless them, bless their summers, rest their teachers, uh, and give their parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts a lot of wisdom as they care for them, and uh, bless the kids from our school here, uh, and the kids from our church, and the kids from our world. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have some fearless leaders who are going to work with the kiddos. Kiddos, if you want, you can go hang out with... Miss Katie, Miss Megan, and some other people, if you'd like, and have a good time. And uh, I would like to welcome up our fearless preacher of the day, Dottie Olson. So, Dottie Olson is like, she's like this phenom that we just sort of stumbled into. She's what we call a pastoral resident, which we really don't know what that is, but we think it's pretty cool. Um, And she's here, and she's just going to, Boom.
0: Yep. <laughs> great. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Is that really helpful? I guess. <laughs> that is wonderful. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to be here with you. How are we doing? Good? I'm seeing some head nods, some tired eyes, some excitement. Some of y'all are still tired and energized from celebrating pride. A lot of you had a ton of fun and I love that. All right, so we are in our summer series on rest. Last weekend, Bill talked about be still and know that I am God. That verse and just rest and finding moments of solitude, moments to be still, to calm ourselves, and and to be alone with our thoughts or to not try to just keep thinking. And this week, we're gonna continue talking about rest. And some of y'all might be coming in here really needing a message on rest. Some of you might be really busy, super like jam-packed schedule, and you need, like, I need to say no, I need to prioritize rest, blah, blah, blah. You might be overstimulated. Others of you, might feel like actually this is probably the most free time I've had all year. Um, I'm kind of bored. I don't know what to do with my time. I have way more gap than I usually do. Wherever you are at, this message, I hope it can be less about managing our calendars, although that is really important. It's not necessarily going to be a message about the art of saying no. Well, again, that's super important, but it's going to be just a practical message on how to rest. And I'm gonna be talking about nature this morning. It's it's an area of rest that has been really significant for my own well-being and really significant for my own spiritual journey. But before I do that, I'm gonna invite up two readers to read our scripture this morning, Sam and Megan. They are both a part of our women and non-binary small group. Yes, come on up. All right, and we are reading from Matthew, so yeah. Take it away. Good morning. All right, Matthew, uh, let see. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them are you not more of more value than they and which of you by worrying can add a single hour to your span of life and why do you worry about clothing consider the li- 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 lilies of the field how they grow they neither toil nor spin yet i tell you even solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these but if god so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow and is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who seek all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks Sam and Megan, yeah, awesome. All right, so growing up, I grew up learning about the Bible and I grew up with this Bible verse, Matthew six, and it was actually a Bible verse that was on the mirror of my mom's bathroom. And it was a really significant verse for her to just release and surrender and to not worry but to just really trust. It was a great verse for her and it really helped her. For me, on the other hand, I was an anxious little kid and I grew up really wanting to do good and be good. And so when I read verses like this, I took them so much to heart. Okay, do not worry, don't worry, don't worry. If I have faith, I'm not gonna worry. I just just can't worry. Now, anyone else relate when you try to tell yourself, don't worry, and you are way more worried? Anyone else? Can I get some? Yes. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So I would just get myself worked up of like, if I really love God, if I really have good faith, then I'm not going to worry. But of course, I would leave more anxious. And this verse over the years has been one I've actually felt bitter towards and resentful for. Because I'm like, I, I, I don't like a verse like this, just don't worry. That's not possible. Like, I don't know how to actually physically move through this. Instead, I feel bad about myself when I'm anxious, and I feel bad about myself when I'm worked up. But one of the things that I was missing about this verse that my lens wasn't seeing is this really beautiful invitation to tune in. Now, there's a lot of ways we could read this verse. We could spend a ton of different times with different lenses, and I'm just gonna take my small little lens this morning for this opportunity to tune in. In between Jesus saying, don't worry, he, he kind of, he puts these great examples of look, look, look at the birds of the air in verse 26 consider the lilies of the field how they grow they neither toil nor spin look at the grass of the field jesus is saying tune in pause look look at your surroundings look at the birds look at the lilies look at the grass It's not mitigating the stress, right? It's not saying like, just stop worrying, but Jesus is saying maybe an avenue to stop worrying is to look, to pause, to be present. So I wanna talk about how nature has been an avenue for my life of connecting to God, to tuning in to myself, to God, to others, to pause and to look. And this theme of connection to the earth is throughout the whole Bible, right? When we read the Bible, we see so many different nods to the natural elements of our world. And then in Jesus's life, in his ministry, he's he's constantly going off to quiet, deserted places, or he's going to sit under a tree, or he's walking by the lake. And so I have to believe that there's so much in the Bible that talks about nature and so much about the life of Jesus that is centered around being present to the natural world that nature has a big impact on our spiritual lives. All right, so I'm gonna shift and I'm gonna talk a little bit about my story. And I just wanna give a warning. I'm gonna talk um, some about health and cancer. And so just tend to yourself, right? Whatever this needs to be, whatever your body needs, may it be so. So in, in 2021, my husband and I had, were wrapping up three gritty, hard years on the East Coast. We were super proud of ourselves for doing it and we got the opportunity to move back to California. We're from here. And it was years that were just physically hard, mentally hard. A lot of stuff happened in our families and it was just, we survived it. And we got to 2021 with this relief and kind of feeling like we made it to California, the promised land where the sun's shining all the time. And we're like, we're done with the hard years. We've made it. And, uh, and, we, and we were wrong. Uh, so, <laughs> Yeah. And so quickly after we came back, my husband went to a dermatologist appointment just for a checkup. He had something on his head. Didn't think much of it. He was the healthiest he's ever been in his life, like with eating and just running these crazy ultra marathon races. He was like, there's nothing wrong with me. So he goes to the dermatologist. They say, Oh, actually this is really concerning. We're going to do an immediate procedure today. It was really alarming, but both of us were like, there's no way something's from it. It's just, it's gonna be fine. We're both really optimistic, and the procedure was brutal, but we both felt really hopeful. And then in in between that time of of Jesse's procedure and us waiting to hear back a diagnosis, one of my best friends, Sammy, calls me up. And Sammy says, hey Dot, my mom, (laughs) and her mom had an aggressive form of skin cancer. She goes, hey, my mom is about to pass. She's only got a couple days left, and by the way, I'm pregnant. Ooh, right? So that was a Sunday. The next day, Jesse and I get a call from his oncologist. His oncologist calls us up, and they say, Jesse has a scary form of skin cancer. And I'm like, wait, why do, do I tell people? And the oncologist kept repeating, this is a scary form of cancer, it can get ugly. And both of us are really shook. We're not really sure how to respond. He's the healthiest he's ever been. We're both really young and we just didn't see it coming. On that Thursday, we found out we were pregnant. What a paradox. Right? The next week, my dear friend's mom passed. And we have been mourning that loss, right? It is a really brutal loss. Following that, my husband had reconstruction scalp surgery and they removed all the cancer and scans came back clear and he's cancer free. But what a paradox. So we leave this season, Jesse and I leave this season going, that really messed us up. And yet, we're sitting in the season with my friend, Sammy, and she didn't get the same result as us. And we're just heartbroken. We're filled with gratitude that Jesse's alive and healthy, but we're also mourning and lamenting the loss of Laura. and so that was all happening in march of 2021 we get to june and 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 i'm someone that i like to i like to be gritty i like to be resilient so i kept saying life is about a paradox like life's the paradox of being awake to the joys and awake to the suffering and not being numb to either and i was just like this is it like i just this is my ted talk and Yeah, and I'm like, this is how you move through a season of such extremes. And I found myself in June depressed, and Jesse had the worst anxiety of his entire life. And he was like having random panic attacks. And neither of us knew what to do with ourselves. And we kept saying, at some point, we probably need to process this, right? Like at some point, we're gonna have to process this. And, and so we were anticipating like okay but how, like actually how are we going to process what just happened in july we went up to washington and we went camping for uh like two weeks or, something, or like a week or i don't even know and we were there and we just were unplugged we were breathing we were just in it with the world we were trail running we were hiking and Joe I'm gonna have you put up this picture we're nerdy we're nerdy hiker people we just we look weird and that's fine but this is a picture of us and so we get to this trailhead and it was a big hike for this hike and I'm so nervous. I was pregnant, I was sick all the time in pregnancy and I just, I was a disaster. So I, we're getting to this trailhead and I'm going, okay, I hope I can do this. And then people around me are like, think of the ancestors of this land. Think of like those native to this land, draw on their energy. And I was like, yes, I'm drawing on their energy. And so I was like really in tune with the earth our phones we didn't have any cell service I was breathing I was hydrating I was taking in the lilies I was seeing the birds I was seeing the grass and it felt so good it felt so good and Jesse describes that experience he said day three of our trip which was this day something physically shifted our bodies released and something was healed We weren't talking, we weren't having deep conversations, although there's a time for that. But we were physically tuned in, we were present, we were connected to our breath, we were connected to our bodies, and something shifted, and both of us felt immediate relief. Yeah, what a good way that nature was healing us. In September, My mom and dad uh, had planned their 30-year anniversary trip. Amazing. uh, We didn't grow up with a ton of money, so doing trips was a really big deal, and this was a trip they had dreamed up for years, and they were going to drive up to Yellowstone. On their way, they stopped at the Grand Tetons National Park. So Yellowstone is in Wyoming, Grand Tetons up there as well, and they stopped in the Grand Tetons, and my mom's using binoculars and she, um, she's not able to see fully, realize she's not able to see fully out of her eyes, so she just goes to um, a, a, a close-by clinic and has them look at her eye, and they say, you need to drive to a specialist in Idaho immediately. Your retina's detaching, and you, you might lose vision. What in the world? So my parents, on this big trip they had dreamed of, Financially, first time in their lives, they could pull it off. Detoured to Idaho, drive to Idaho. They get to Idaho. My mom is told, your retina is detaching. You might lose sight, but you have a tumor in your eye, and likely it's cancer, and your body's covered. So my parents immediately cancel their trip, drive back to LA, where they could get the best treatment. My mom goes through just all this medical stuff and is diagnosed um, with the same type of cancer that Jesse had. And she had a tumor in her eye. The same week she was diagnosed, my dear friend Sammy had her baby boy. What a paradox. My mom and my dad were stripped of their opportunity to engage with nature. And they were coming off a really hard couple years with family crisis. They were stripped of that opportunity to heal in the ways I got to heal. And my mom is this avid hiker. She's nerdier than me, and she goes literally every week to go hiking. For her 50th birthday, she literally did 50 hikes for 50 years with 50 different people. Like she is just so into it. Yeah, there's people here that have been on hikes with her. Like She's just nerdy and nothing fancy. She's not trying to do the big mountains, but she's just in it. But my mom, through her eye, her procedures, radiation, recovery this last year, my mom has not been able to engage with nature the way she wanted to. At her worst, she wasn't able to move from laying down, and at her best, she hasn't been able to drive. My mom is also cancer free, and I hold that with care and delicacy, knowing what happened with Sammy's mom and just so many loved ones. And so I've watched my mom though, I've watched her navigate, what does it mean to engage with nature? What does it mean to heal from nature when the ways that I used to be able to engage with it have been stripped from me? And we've walked out, her with vision impairment, and losing a lot of body autonomy this last year. And so nature. Nature is a beautiful form of rest, but it's not accessible to all of us in the same ways. And I've really, and there's some mourning with that. So here's some things that I've learned about nature. In yeah, and I'm just gonna breathe for a second because that was a lot. In 2020, I was still on the East Coast, and I was working with a research team out in Boston and studying psychology. And we ran a study with our uh, clients at a therapy clinic on what was helping them have higher levels of well-being. And overall, universally, those that engaged with nature regularly were happier. They had higher levels of well-being. So life satisfaction, autonomy, um, being able to move through hard things, vitality, purpose, personal growth, all of it. People that were regularly in tune with nature were doing better. And then we also found that, that those in other studies that that nature is actually helps regulate distressing emotions and can be a source of healing and grounding and transcendence. So it makes a lot of sense that Jesse and I felt a physical shift when we were in nature. Now, of course, the big big question though is like, but how do we practically engage with, with nature across our different capacities? I think there's always been a temptation for me. My husband and I are just like weirdos and like love doing crazy things. Like we live hiking with our baby. And yesterday I was like jumping in cold water in the ocean so I was like, this is the way I ground myself to the earth. Like we just like experiences. So with nature, historically, the way I've approached it is like, push yourself, get outside, do something that makes you uncomfortable. Like, come on, you know, do it. We are meant to be one with the land. And that's just not really accessible or relatable. Um, And then when things shift, like for my mom, that's just not even practical. It's not possible. And and typically the outdoors and the outdoor community is, there's a lot that intersects with the role of colonization there's a lot that's confusing for marginalized communities, communities of different access points, whether physically, financially. There's, there's a lot of things that go into connecting with nature. And so I, I just want us to handle this with care. I really believe that God is calling us to connect with the earth. I really think that's part of our, our formation, and it's not easy. And it's it's harder for some than others. Alice Walker says in The Color Purple, I think it pisses God off if you walk by the color purple in a field somewhere and don't notice it. Right? We are called to see the earth. Practically, what does this look like? So again, drawing on some research findings, what we found. Practically, this can look like bringing a plant into your house. It can look like petting your pet. It can be taking your shoes off and putting them, putting your feet in the grass or in the sand. It can be closing your eyes and listening to birds. It can be maybe you don't have visual sight and you need to listen to something, whether you play an audio of nature or you are able to hear something. The whole point is not that we have these epic Instagrammable or social media moments, but the whole point is to tune in, to be present, to see the earth, to see God in the earth, to tune into God, to connect with nature, and to help, right, to help others to do that. For my mom, it looked like my dad driving her to Central Park in Huntington and them just sitting and listening to the pond, and when she could, watching the ducks. It can be really simple. And in all of this, I don't wanna mitigate the hard times. There's hard times where it's really tough to just show up. For me in 2020, I had a hard time getting out of my house sometimes. And the point of nature And rest is that we are growing in our capacity to show up for ourselves for rest. For me, I am not gonna be as rested if I watch a ton of Netflix. Although there is a time for that with ice cream and I love that. But generally speaking, I am physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually gonna feel more connected to the earth, my body, and God if I engage with the natural world. And we're growing our capacity when life is hard can I push myself when I'm feeling really down can I just look at a plant in my living room and just pause and look at it for several minutes and notice it take it in use all of our senses I think God is calling us in rest to engage with nature it's not the only way but it's a way so if you're busy and you're stressed, pay attention on your commute. Notice the little, the birds flying. I saw birds flying while I was driving here this morning. And if you have a lot of time, push yourself. Do something new. Try something new if you're able. Rest. Rest. See the birds in the air. See the lilies in the field. Feel the grass. Rest. Be still and rest.